in the first in the first video, um, we we're going to kind of do just just bring out a few things through through that. Now we're of course going through um, the series engage, and uh, this is lesson number three on connecting with your ch- with your child. So one of the a few of the things that she talked about was uh, teenagers. Relationship causes belief. All right, adults choose friends with the same belief. Okay, so when you compare those, basically what's happening is the relationship in children and in teenagers' lives are molding their beliefs. Whereas in an adult uh, is has their beliefs and they're choosing friends that have the same beliefs. Does that make sense to everybody? So um, she used the the uh, analogy. Somebody, one of your kids, come home and say, "How you, you say? Well, how did your math class go today?" And they say, oh, "It was okay." And you say, oh, great, yeah, we got somebody who thinks that math is okay. That's wonderful. Two days later, math stinks. And the reason why is not because math got hard or is not because the reason why it stinks is because they got to talking to somebody who is a good, who they're in relationship with, and they said that math stinks. And so because of somebody else that thinks that math stinks, now they do, all right? Now, that, that's, that's how we're, sh- that we're showing that relationship causes beliefs in teenagers and in children, all right? So those that they're closest to are going to be molding their, their beliefs, all right? That's the reason why it's so important for us as parents uh, to uh, help to, to be in a good relationship and help them to build the right beliefs. Uh, this also, of course, as they said, Somebody say, I want to be baptized this weekend. And then they get, you know, by that weekend, they text and say, uh, don't, you know, take me off the list. I don't want to be baptized. Why? Because somebody that was a good friend, well, I'm, I'm going to a youth rally with everyone. And then all of a sudden when it comes, they're not going. Because the, the, what happened there is that somebody that they hold high in relationship, has it, they weren't going to youth rally. Okay, or they found something else to do with something. So their their beliefs are being molded by their relationships. Whereas an, an adult, uh, they choose friends with the same beliefs. So adults, and I, and I guess it could be easy if you're going to write this down, adults equal belief-driven friends. Adults equal belief-driven friends. Teens equal friend driven beliefs <laughs> all right you can answer it if you want to man see if they want to talk to me or something all right so adults equal belief driven friends it's funny that we're talking about phones and screen time and these <laughs> adults equal belief driven friends teens equal friend driven beliefs okay so another thing that, that I felt was good was that uh, they talked about other addiction addictions can take the place of screen addiction. You know, once that those pathways 
are established, then it needs to be filled. And so if you take something away, it's very, you know, very crucial that you keep an eye out that something else doesn't come in and take the place of that that sometimes can even be worse, all right? He talked about cutting yourself, that, that habit, or he talked about, you know, there's pornography and so many other things that can take the place of a screen addiction. So uh, one of the things that I, I, I wanted to, to bring out was in this, this book, Irresistible, by Adam Alter. It says, behavioral addictions consist of six ingredients. All right, number one, compelling goals. So basically, how do you, what, what, how is the world getting us addicted to things? How does behavioral addiction work, all right? These are the six ways that, that we can get hooked on things. Compelling goals that are just beyond reach. Irresistible and unpredictable positive feedback. All right, number three is a sense of incremental progress and improvement. All right, the next one is tasks that become slowly more difficult over time. All right, the next one is unresolved tensions that demand resolution. And then the last one is strong social connections. All right, so now you even see, when, when you take a look at this, and don't tell me that, you know, like we talked about yesterday, there's not a whole lot of science saying that screen time is educational but there is a lot of science that they're using to keep us on those screens, all right? Does everybody understand that? So that being said, when you take a look at a very successful video game, all right, so right now one of the most successful video games is going to be what? Fortnite, all right, everybody knows what it is. Everybody, All right, Fortnite, it's big time, all right? It's what do you see out of these six things, you see all of them, all right? Even down to the strong social connections. There are people that get online and, and are with a team that's playing with a team member that's from China, all right? You see what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're, you de you're developing these strong social, social connections, so they know what they're doing. All right, whenever they're trying to pull us in to those things. All right, so despite their diversity, today's behavioral addictions embody at least one of those six ingredients. Instagram is addictive, for example, because some photos attract many likes while others fall short. Users chase the next big hit, likes, by posting one photo after another and return to the site regularly to support their friends. Gamers play certain games for days on end because they're driven to complete missions and because they form strong social ties that bind them to other gamers. So what are the solutions? How do we coexist with, with addictive experiences that play such a central role in our lives? Now listen to this. Millions of recovering alcoholics manage to avoid bars altogether. But recovering internet addicts are forced to use email. They got to use it. They have to, it's in their job, all right? They can't get away from it. So you can't apply uh, uh, for a travel visa or a job or begin working without an email address. 
Fewer and fewer modern jobs allow you to avoid using computers and smartphones. Addictive tech is part of the mainstream in a way that addictive substances will never be. All right? Um, abstinence isn't an option, but there are other alternatives. You can confine, I want you to hear this sentence, you can confine addictive experiences to one corner of your life while courting good habits that promote healthy behaviors in another corner. All right? So in other words, what I'm saying is that you don't, you, you may have to check emails, but you don't have to check them all day long and all night long. All right? You may have to be on your computer or on your iPad or on your phone at a specific part of your life in order for you to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, but there are times when the good behaviors need to be uh, built and habits need to be built of good behaviors, so it doesn't need to control your life. All right? So the same principles that drive children to play games might drive them to learn at school. All right, so the teachers that are in here, we can come up these habits and everything. We can use some of these things as well so that they can, so that they can do well at school. The goals that drive people to exercise addictively might also drive them to save money for retirement. See what I'm saying? So you can't, if you, if you, you can't completely disengage from the screen altogether but you can put that in a corner of your life and not allow it to be king of your life and on the throne of your life. Amen? All right, so a few more things that I've seen here. I love what she said about kids talk when it's dark. All right? Said that, you know, a father comes, walks, you know, into the room, and just kind of stands there for an awkward moment. You know, what do you need, Dad? I just want you to know that I love you. Just wanted to see what you was doing today. Is there any, any problems or anything in the day? With you can get into somebody's life. I love what he says. Parenting is more than just asking your child if they had a good day or not. you got to ask pointed questions with children. I'm going to tell you something. With Tucker Davis, you're, you've got to pull out of him. He doesn't pour out. You've got to pull out. Jared as well. All right. How did they go? You, you get a typical man's answer. Good. Right. What would you do? The same thing that I've done every day. Same. Or nothing. I know you've done more than nothing, son. All right. So what do you do? You ask pointed questions. How did your break go today? What did you guys do on break? Now, that's what's called an open-ended question. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to look for negative things to ask. You don't want to point towards the negative things. So op asking those open-ended questions to where it takes more than a yes or no response, okay? 
And that's going to take your time. But that's okay. It's your children. And that's, one, that's the main thing that you can give to them more than the next iPad, the, ne- the newest iPad or the newest iPhone. Amen? That's your time that you can give to them. I love the other thing said, kids talk in the dark or in the car. All right, kids talk in the car. Uh, most of the time, anymore, when you travel somewhere, everyone has a device that they're using. I wonder what kind of conversations that we could have and how much fun that we could have. You know what we used to do on road trips? We played the ABC game a lot. All right. You know what else we done? We, we, got, this, we got this little uh, paper at one time, and we would, we, <laughs> we would look at U-Hauls. We'd be constantly looking for U-Hauls. And when we would see a U-Haul, we would see if it was Rhode Island, we could mark Rhode Island out. All right, we've seen the U-Haul for Rhode Island. We seen we did travel a lot. We seen, but you know what? We all done it together, and it was fun. Believe it or not, the ABC gun game was fun as well. As long as you didn't have a cheater that would make up Q, you know Q is the hardest one to find. Say that ain't no Q. You didn't see no Q on that Pizza Hut sign. I'll tell you that right now. All right, but what are you saying, Brother John? I'm telling you, it's. Well, I wonder what would happen if we would say, we, if we would say, okay, car time is, I love what she said, digital free time. All right, digital free time. We already learned that the blue light uh, is, is something that if we allow ourselves to be looking at a phone all the way up till bedtime or looking at a screen all the way up till bedtime, that can cause sleep deprivation. So scientists say two hours before you go to bed, you need to put your screen away. All right? She's literally, Mandy is literally bringing out right now what's on the next video that we're going to see. No, I mean, that's good. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And something that that she's going to bring out too is that a lot of times the parents want to be happy and it's not God's will for us to be happy all the time either right there's going to be conflict sometimes and conflict is okay that's a very good point Mandy so you know we we've got to we got to make sure that we're not just you know looking just for a happy home all right, we're looking for a holy home. Amen? Amen. All right. 
Okay, so when we're when we need to to throw down some some guidelines of times when we go digital free around the dinner table when we're traveling somewhere in the car we're going to job and we're going to go do something times whenever the earbuds are out and the phones are down and they're off and we're only answering if it's an emergency okay yeah Everybody say tech neck. Everybody got that? Tech neck. Okay. Now we talked about that. That's whenever you're, you see that guy, you know, he's really, he doesn't have a very big stomach, but, but he's managed to get it way out there and he's looking down. We got it down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got the, the look down. Next time you see somebody like that, take a picture of them and then go show them. Technic. Hashtag technic. All right, you're around the vehicle and uh, you're in the car or whatever. Somebody's on their, on their phone and they're not supposed to be. Technic. Everybody will laugh. They'll put their phone down and, and it's okay. One of the things that we learned, and this is just kind of off subject here, but uh, one of the things that we learned, Mandy and I, whenever we were going through conflict resolution, uh, we learned that that sometimes they, uh, one of the teachers said, come up with a, a funny word. That if things get tense in your marriage, then you just say this word and everybody kind of smirks and laughs and then you're able to talk. It's basically kind of a reset word. And I think ours was like pineapple. Was it pineapple? Yeah, so some of you guys had heard us said that and said, what in the world, pineapple, what are they talking about? And we were, yeah. Or was it Honky Kong? I can't remember. <laughs> that's, a, that's a family thing there. All right, anyway, uh, so really good uh, first, first video. Now, um, we're going to watch the next videos, and they're going to, this is what we were, what we were talking about, about the, the lies and the truths that's going to be brought out. Now, we're going to watch these. If you can write down, if you can, if your your pencil will be smoking by the time that you're done, all of these I'm going to go. I'm going to do an overview over these uh, afterwards as well. So, um, so you, we'll watch this and then I'll go over all of the all of the lies and the truths again. Okay. All right. So we're, we'll go ahead and turn that back on. As we are, does somebody have a? So, basically, we're just going to do an overview of what we've seen. Uh, we're going to go over the five lies and five lies and the five truths that Kathy was telling us about. All right, so lie number one that this generation is believing: I am the center of my own universe. I am the center of my own universe. Everything revolves around me. All right. Lie number two, I deserve to be happy all the time. This is what Mandy was talking about. I deserve to be happy all the time. I love how she brings everything is new, everything is now. Okay? So this is where I deserve to be happy all the time. Everything is new, everything is now. We've got them like lined up for city blocks for the next new 
iPhone that's coming out or the next new technology that's coming out. All right, everything is new. So you can't have, you know, something out of date, right? I mean, if you've got the iPhone 7, then, you know, you're, you're obsolete, man. You're out of date. You need the new thing. You see what I'm saying? Everything is new. Everything is now. All right? Uh, you know, if it breaks, I, I like what she said. If it breaks, daddy just buy you a new one. All right? If it breaks, we just, we don't know, we don't, we don't have, you know, uh, uh, the concept anymore, you know, of, of worth because it's cheaper for us to go buy a new one than it is for us to repair something that's broke. All right? So what's that teaching our kids? All right, so um, lie number three is I must have choice. I must have choice. So everything has a drop-down menu, okay? Everything has a drop-down menu. So let me ask you something, ladies, on this. You don't have to raise your hand or whatever. Anybody ever fix more than one meal at your house because one of your kids don't like the meal? Or a couple of you don't. I've <laughs> got some people being truthful. All right, so you know what that's from? That That's... That's the drop-down menu, all right? So they go to grandma's house, and they, you know, there's there's uh, beans and cornbread there. So Bob's loving life with beans and cornbread, all right? <laughs> all right, but, but dad's not loving life with beans and cornbread. He don't like beans and cornbread, all right? He's getting he's getting a desire for it. He is getting a like for it. Got to have a ham bone in there, right? <laughs> All right. So, so you must have choice. Why didn't Grandma ask me what I wanted? I don't want beans and cornbread. Well, what's wrong? You ate beans and cornbread last week. Well, I don't want it tonight. You know why don't I have a drop down menu? You see what I'm saying? And so basically, it's it's th that mentality. I must have choice, all right, so choice is demanded, all right, so number four, I am my own authority, I don't need authority, if I need something, I'll ask Siri, or Alexa, all right, I mean, really, seriously, is there anything that you can't find how to do on the internet, they may be doing it wrong, but there's some kind of you know, how-to video out there of how to do it. You know, I don't, I don't need to, to be a, a, a painter for a long period of time and knowing how to paint furniture. Last year or a year before last, I watched a video and was able to do, what's that kind that we've, that we've done? Chalk paint. I watched a video online and done chalk paint. Looked pretty good, too, if I must say so myself. All right? We don't need, they don't, they don't need anybody. They've got all the answers right there on the Internet. Now, how many of you guys know that that's dangerous in a lot of areas, especially when it comes to spiritual things? All right? So I am my own authority. I don't need authority. And also, I like what she brings out, too, with Kathy said that, that authority failures and parental failures don't help the matter. All right? So in other words, you know, they're seeing authority figures that are failing. And how many of you guys know 
that that's what makes the news. Right? You don't hear about the pastor down the street that's doing a great job. You hear about the pastor down the street that made a mistake. All right? So that's what's being publicized to them. So what does that do to their sense of authority? Okay? So that's the reason why that it's important for us as parents not to tear down authority. You know, your boss at, 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 your, at, your, at your work, you've got to be careful about how you talk to them around your kids because what you're doing is you're showing them how to treat. You are modeling them. Everybody say model. All right, we're fixing to get into the five truths, and it's very, that word is very important. But you're, you are modeling how to, to treat authority. All right, so lie number five. Information is all that matters, so I don't need teachers. All right, now I, I could pull up, as a matter of fact, I've done a study on this here a while back. I could pull up the statistics of how many, of how many uh, uh, YouTube videos are being posted uh, which is probably a lot more now than than a few years ago whenever I'd done it. But you could you could literally sit down and spend multiple lifetimes watching YouTube videos that were posted in one day. All right, I'm talking like it would take you multiple life if you just sat down there without a bathroom break and just watch the videos that were being uploaded. So what are you telling me, brother Jared? I'm telling you that the that information it's crazy how accessible information is right now and how much of it there is out there. You you go home tonight, type in your model of your vehicle and everything and then and then ask, you know, how to change the oil on it and you'll have a, a, a thousand different videos on there that's telling you how to change the oil in that. All right? Information's out there like crazy. So basically what 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 their mind how their mind is, is turning as information is all that matters. I, I just need more information, all right? So I don't need a teacher because I've got everything I need right here on this screen. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, everybody? I, I don't need to go ask mom and dad because I've got the information that I need right here to all of my questions, all right? So uh, remember, they're their own authority, so they don't need teachers, uh, so they're like in, in a in a ger they're like a gerbil in a cage. She says, just continuing saying, "I need more information. I need more data." All right, never going to be satisfied because we're not designed, or I'm, we're designed for more than just information. All right, so it's always going to be more. All right, so, some, some people who don't have uh, the uh, unlimited data plan uh, would say that your kids have probably come to you and said, I need more data. All right, I've only got this many whatever of data that I can use. I need more, okay? Uh, if you're on a shared data plan and it runs out real quick, you look over there and little Johnny <laughs> has used up 90% of it. And then they're asking for more. There's just so much information that's out there. Okay, so those are the lies. Now we're going to go to the other side of it and talk about the truth. So if the lie, if, if lie number one was, I am the center of my universe, what is the truth of that? God is the center of the universe. God is the center of the universe. Again, modeling is the most important thing here. That's the way that our kids are going to learn this, is they're going to see us do it. 
So how do we model that God is the center of the universe? All right, we have to show them that he's the center of our universe. Amen? So we're modeling that. That means when it comes to spiritual things, it takes precedent over anything else and over everything else. All right? Why? Because we're training our children by what we do. Remember, more than what's taught is caught. All right? You're going to teach more by what's caught than what's taught. All right? So you can say it till you're blue in the face, but if you're not modeling that, then it's not going to get through to them. All right? So things like them seeing you uh, when they come to you with a problem and you being able to look at, look at them and say, you know, hey, I'm, uh, uh, you know, you were hurt today. Let's pray about that right now. Pray that God would touch your heart and heal you right now. Pray that tomorrow will be a better day and you'll be able to, you know, cope with this today. And What are you doing? You're modeling at that point. This, is, God is the center right now. All right, he's the center. That's what, and then all of a sudden you find that in their personal lives, they're going to God first as well. Why? Because they've seen you modeling that. All right, so the truth is that God is the center of the universe, and how we get that truth into their hearts is that we model that. All right, so if the lie, if the second lie is I deserve to be happy all the time, then the truth to that lie is we can have joy in all our circumstances. We can have joy in all our circumstances. All right? So I love, she brought out the, uh, the definition of joy being, being, she explained it as emotional deep-centered response to the world. All right? Emotional deep-centered response to the world. I can have joy because I have Jesus. Right? I can have joy because I have Jesus. Happiness is circumstantial. All right? Not trying to be happy, like Sister Mandy said, we're trying to be holy. All right? We're not trying to have a happy house. We're trying to have a holy house. Sometimes that's going to be conflict, but we do that because we're parents and we're called to parent not called to try to make everything happy, all right? So, and, and again, that gets into our personal lives because there are going to be times whenever we have to, you know, uh, we're going to have to, to make decisions and to cause conflict that we could avoid if we would just give in, right? Because it's easier just to give in, even whenever you feel like, that you're doing the right thing. It's easier just to be a passive parent. All right, but we don't need we don't need to be a passive parent, all right? All right, so if if lie number 3 is I must have choice, then tr the truth to that lie is choice is a privilege, not a guarantee. All right, choice is a privilege, not a guarantee. Pastor? Right, our needs. That's right. God said he would supply our needs, not our 
wants. That's good. You don't get a drop down. <laughs> you don't get a drop down menu on thou shalt not lie. And you don't throw a fit. <laughs> get what you get and you don't throw a fit. All right, you don't get a drop down menu on the Ten Commandments. All right, so, uh, and, and then when you go even further than that, when you can teach your kids to eat what's set before them, and you can teach your kids, you know, these things, then it gets them away from that mentality that everything has a drop down menu and everything has a choice. And why aren't you giving me a choice? I've always said options are good. Now, options are good. I mean, they, I love options, you know, but it's a privilege to have those options. Right? It's a privilege to have those options. So, yeah, um, choice is a privilege, not a guarantee. Choice is a privilege, not a guarantee. All right, so, so when, when you have choices, then your, your kids need to know they're privileged to have those choices. All right? So, Man, you, you go to, to McDonald's and they look up there and say, ain't nothing look good up there. Well, that's fine. Then you can go without eating. And when you get home, you can get a bologna sandwich. You know, see how you like that. All right? It's a privilege to have choice. All right? When, you, when, when you're eating at home and that, you know, you're serving it up, you know, if, if they have an option, then that's a privilege. Right? They need to know that that's a privilege. Okay. So uh, lie number four, if lie number four is, I am my own authority, then truth number four is God is the ultimate authority. All right? We are not our own authority. We've been bought with a price. All right? We're not our own, the Bible says. Can you say amen here tonight? We are not our own. That means that our lives are not ours to take into our own hands. Our lives are God's. Do you know what that means? That means that your schedule is God's. You're not trying to fit him in. That means your finances are God's. You're not trying to fit that in, the tithe and things. It's God's. I seen one time, and this is a good example, I seen one time where a guy, uh, it, was on, it was on a video, a guy came and walked up, and I'll just use Sharia here. She's on the end. She's, she's going to be my guinea pig today. So came up and said, just, just put down 12, just a dozen uh, uh, donuts there. I think it was 10. Maybe he put 10 down there. He said, put down 10 donuts. And he, and he said, hey, you can have this. She's like, I can have it? It's like no, no strings attached. You're just giving this to me? Yeah, yeah, you can have it. Just, just take it. I just want to give it to you. She's like, oh, well, great, man. I really appreciate that. I was a little hungry and everything, you know. So she grabs one, and she's eating it. She's looking up at me saying, oh, yeah, this is really good. Talking with her mouth full and smacking and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so she's looking up at me, and she's, you know, oh, man, that's great. And so I look at her, and I say, hey, do you mind if I take one for the road? And she says, well, you know, I'm going to be hungry a little bit later on, too. And, 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 you know, I, I have some friends, you know, or maybe, you know, some siblings that like donuts as well, right? And so, you know, I was thinking maybe I could give them some, and, and yeah, I, I think I'll just keep them all. You know how ridiculous that sounds? That's the way that we run our finances if we're not willing to give God the 
And what are we modeling to our children on authority at that point? Okay? We're modeling to them we are our own authority is what we're modeling. Okay? So, God is the ultimate authority. And that is, and I use that, the donut thing, that's applicable not just to finances, but that's applicable to, applicable to every area of our lives. And so we are modeling to our children in every area of our lives authority. All right, so submission is a big thing. Uh, you know, they are looking at you, all right, parents, they're looking at you as the ultimate authority at a young age. Okay, that's what they're doing. Do you know what it's doing to them when they're looking at you as an ultimate authority and you're coming under an authority that's over you? You know what that does? A boss or, a, or, or, or even God's authority, when you're coming under authority, you know what that's saying to them? This is how I want you to come under my authority. You're modeling, you're literally modeling to them what you want them to do with you. Now let me ask you this. I'm going to go to the flip side of that. If you're not coming under authority, you know what you're telling your children? If you're not coming under your boss's authority, or if you're not coming under the authority of God, then what you're modeling to them is, I'm not coming under my authority, so you don't have to come under your authority. All right? Or I'm not coming under God's authority, so you don't have to come under my authority. All right? So it's important for us to, 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 to see this lie and to replace it and model that truth. All right, and then the last one here. I've went, I've went over a few minutes. <laughs> Information is all that matters, so I don't need teachers. Information is all that matters, so I don't need teachers. Now, if that's the lie, what's the truth? Seek God for, everyone say, wisdom. All right, wisdom. Read the book of Proverbs, and you'll find out how important wisdom is. All right? So wisdom is very important. Do we seek for wisdom? All right, now, again, we're modeling this, okay? We're modeling this as parents. So we're, we're, they need to understand that information is, is, and there'll always be new information. One way of doing things, they're going to find a different way. If they use, you know, metal buildings now, it may be plastic buildings, you know, next year. You know, they're going to be taking it out of the, out of the uh, ocean and, and putting it into I-beams. All right? All right, so, <laughs> yeah, I do. So, what are you saying? I'm saying information is going to change and everything, all right? But that wisdom... If, if somebody can learn to get a hold of wisdom in their life, that wisdom, it, it's never generational. It's always, it's always there. Wisdom is a way that we use information. All right? I've prayed for God to give me understanding and knowledge, but then I also pray for God to give me wisdom because if I have knowledge and I'm able to understand, it's only good if I know how to use it. Okay? Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. So, seeking, seek God for wisdom. So, how, how, how do we model that as parents? How do we model seeking wisdom to where we can show our kids how to seek wisdom? 
all right? We read some books, all right? We're searching for wisdom. All right, one of the things that she brought out I thought was really good is, we, is we're there for Sunday school. We're, we're modeling to our kids. This is important, all right? We're seeking wisdom, all right? We do this. We read the, we read the Bible. We go to people. And we, we get uh, uh, mentorship. We get, you know, advice from people on specific issues, all right? Somebody that you know in the church that may be uh, a financial guru, and, uh, you, you know, you're, you're in a bind or you need help or maybe you need to know how to invest your money and you go to somebody and you say, hey, how do we, you see what I'm saying? You're, you're modeling to them. All right, this is, this is what it's about. It's not just information. It's wisdom, okay? So, again, and I'll end with this, that, that picture up there uh, I, I feel like is so important that we be fully present with our kids, that we be fully present with our kids. What are you saying, Brother Jared? What it is is it's us not just saying, put your phone down. Not about us saying, you're not going to have Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all the rest of them. It's not about uh, uh, abstaining from all of those things. But when they put that down, what are they going to see from us? What are they going to see from us? If we tell them to put it down and then we have it, what are they seeing from us? They're not seeing very good modeling, right? If they do put it down and we're living that day by day, what are they seeing from our lives day by day by day? Are they seeing consistency? All right? Are they seeing people that are that are sold out to God? Are they seeing somebody who's got a heart for for uh, evangelism, are they seeing somebody who's passionate about God? It's so important that if we're telling them to put it down and we're telling them that they need to focus on God and focus, they're going to see God through us. All right, so we have to model that. Can you say amen? All right, this has been good tonight.